In reading the 1% rule by Tommy Baker, um, he was talking about a speech that he gave in 2017. And the name of the speech was The Journey is the Win. And in it, he emphasized this in his, in, his, uh, in his book. He emphasized this point. He wrote this. He said, in the midst of chaos and uncertainty, the last thing you want to hear is how beautiful the journey can be. However, it's what you're going to remember. See, right now you hear this and you're on a journey. And while I don't know your exact evolution, I can tell you this with utmost certainty. One day you're going to look back and reflect on this period of your life and you're going to miss it. You're going to miss the you're going to miss the excitement, the doubt. You're going to miss the beautiful mess of ambition and desire, the growth, the studying, the wins, and also the losses. Sure, you will love the results. And you're going to you're going to love the life that you've created. But don't miss out on the moment that you're in right now. I told you in episode um, 372, that episode was called Unwavering Faith. I told you that I had to tell you something, but I needed the unwavering faith first so that I could tell you this. After nearly four years of wrestling with my old home, and those of you who have been with the, the podcast for quite some time, you know I've been wrestling with that. And I finally had a buyer lined up, man. Every every month I've been having to pay a mortgage and insurance and maintenance and, and, and upkeep and repairs uh, on a house that no one's even living in. And because of that, I was barely getting by. I was eating dollar tuna packs, man, with spinach for lunch every single day. Cereal for lunch every single day. I couldn't eat out. There was no there was no room for that. So this was it. We 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 agreed on a price. And, you know, I didn't realize round one, when you negotiate on a house, round one is just agreeing on the price. But then there's round two and round three once the inspector comes in and then there's other charges that have to come up. So now all of a sudden there's all these expenses. The inspector comes through. It needs a new stove. The hot water heater is out. Uh, the pool liner, that's $5,000 right there. All of these things, man, the buyer says, or the uh, inspector says, they don't close unless all of this stuff is done. So there was a huge list. Wood repairs, pipes, all kind of different things. And obviously, I mean, the house is... Um, 15 years old. So it needed some, some repairs. It's been sitting up for quite some time. Nobody's been living there. So it's been needing some repairs. So that was round two. So in the course of doing this, I maxed out every credit card I had. I didn't have that much because there was no margin. So the times I had to live off a credit card, I was already having to do that. So I was, I ended up maxing out my credit cards. I, 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 I emptied out the savings account that I had I had $116 left. I got to three days before we were to close. It looked like I could see the finish line, man. It was right there. And the, the people who were buying the house, they sold their house. So they were closing on their house the same day they're closing on my house. So they close on their house. Their buyer moves in. They drive across town and they close on their new house. So this was the domino effect that it was supposed to happen. So three days before, they got everything lined up. We're getting a title company calling, all this kind of different stuff, working on all these kind of different things. And I get down to those last three days, and I get a call from my realtor saying, 
your ex-wife is saying she's not going to do it. She's not signing for the house. <sighs> Suddenly, the, the buyers are freaking out. Their realtor told them, look, uh, there's two parties on this house, and both parties have to have to sign. And they're closing on their old house, so all of a sudden, they're going to be homeless. I mean, they're, 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 they're freaking out. I mean, if, if, they're, if all parties aren't there, there's no signatures, there's no close. There's no deal. The approval expires. All new negotiations. I mean, I fought to get to this point. And no. What am I going to do? I mean, in my mind, man, it's like, oh my God, what am I going to do? I got no money left. I've maxed everything out because I knew if I could get to the other side of this, everything, I could work out of everything else. I maxed it all out. The mortgage has to be paid and and I've been paying the mortgage slow. I've been slow paying it because I needed the extra money, the mortgage money to help pay for these repairs. I put it down. It, it's all, it was all skillfully designed in my mind. I, I didn't prepare for this. I have no money left to continue on. If I don't close, I'll lose it all. That's the voices in my head. And, and I'm at the gym, man. I, I, I got to get my mind away from this. And, and keep in mind, man, I'm in sales. So when I'm at work, I got I to work. I got I to gotta compartmentalize. And then I got to step away and deal with the bullshit of life. So I was at the gym, man. And I, and I heard Hal Elrod's podcast, Unwavering Faith. Oh, my God. That was the angel that just came and just sat right there on my shoulder. Unwavering Faith. I heard it. And I practiced it. I didn't flinch. I walked out of that gym. I didn't flinch. I told the buyers. I found the buyers, you know, because normally you're not supposed to, you know, it's it's neutral ground or whatever. I found the buyers, and I told them, I said, let me tell you something, man. Everything's going to be fine. And if you don't have a home, if all your house closes and all that, then no problem. You can you can move into mine until we figure all this out. Agents were freaking out. Phone calls after phone calls. No, no, no. Every time. I had to go back to my values. Two of my seven values are courage and faith. <laughs> and I needed both of those. But also I had to have unwavering faith. And at 10 o'clock the night before we were to close, I got the phone call. We close tomorrow. Hours later, we closed on the property. Almost went under. Almost went under. And now the troubled waters are calm. And when I got back to work, man, it was surreal. When I got back to work, I was, when I was driving back to work, I, I was just numb. I, I, didn't, I didn't have a feeling either way. You know, when you're working to get up to something or you're just trying to get across the finish line, you, 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 um, you think of these things that how you're going to feel and these moments and you, the big you know, smile on your face and jumping for joy and big sigh of relief. But it was none of that. I got back to work, I put my keys back in my drawer, and I got back to I got back after it. Started selling again. And somebody asked me, they said, How you feel? I said, You know what? I don't know. It's just it's just over. You know when you've fought for something for so long and when it finalizes, you're just kinda numb, right? You're just kinda neutral. I mean, don't get me wrong, I'm grateful for it. I mean it is a huge relief. But I go back to Tommy's speech. You're going you're gonna to look back and you're going to miss the moment. The beautiful mess. All of the doubts. All of the uncertainty. 
and it's strange. It's strange. I know you're hearing this. You're like, dude, the fuck you talking about? But it is strange. I'm going to miss not necessarily the moments, but the meanings that I derived from those moments. It was the pulp that I squeezed from every single one of those moments. I won't miss the, the darkness. I won't miss the, 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 the times I felt suicidal when I literally wanted to end it all. When I was so tired, I, I, could just, I could just lay down and just say, maybe tomorrow. Maybe I'll fight tomorrow, but today I have no more strength and just lay down in darkness. To be so depressed, man. To be so depressed in the night. The moments I was just walking around numb. The moments I was just walking around doubtful. The moments I was scared and I had no one to lean on. I won't miss the moments I was in the red. No extra to buy anything. I was living off of a Walmart card. And and, and even I had to get cash advances at times from the, my Walmart card. Yeah, I know the cash advances were high, but I had no choice. I I needed $20. I just needed some cash. That's the kind of shit I was going under. I don't miss those moments when, 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 when my whole world crumbled and I had to live out of my car. And then I ended up having to live in a one bedroom apartment and I had no extra room for my kids. They had to sleep on a hide bed. It was a vinyl couch. It was a closeout model. That's all I had. I had to put that on credit too. And it was a hide bed couch with a very thin mattress. They hated sleeping on that couch. And my mattress was on the floor. I won't miss those moments. But I'll miss the experience. The experience of the grit, the fortitude, the endurance I had to derive from those moments. Because it was in the flames of my personal hell that I became refined. Forged into a new, better, stronger man. Stronger me. The real Marsh. I know... I knew every every day, man. Every day when I got up, I knew what I was fighting for and what I was fighting up against. And now, now what? There's no walls. I made it. I got through. But I find myself asking, what now? And it's kind of scary in a way. It's kind of weird in a way. And I think, I think that's why people subject themselves and put themselves back in toxic environments, back in toxic um, situations, in toxic relationships, because that's all they've ever known. So when they get to the other side or they somehow get out of those toxic situations, they actually put themselves right back in. They either go back to the original person or subject themselves to the same sort of environment because that's all they ever know. And because that's all they've ever known, man, it, it's, it's, it's in a weird way. It's, it's how they feel that they're, uh, that they have some sort of control in their life, even though it's misery, even though it's hell. I know because I was there. I've been there. You won't out, but you don't know how to feel once you're out. And it's a scary situation. It's depressing. It's dark. And I was suicidal. It was only then when I didn't have the toxic situations. When I removed myself from those situations and I didn't go back. As much as those were familiar, I just, I just stayed in unfamiliar. I stayed in the light. I had nothing. 
and I had no finances to mask the pain, so I couldn't go that direction either. See, it was it was it was in those it was in those moments. It was it was in that chasm between where I had nowhere to turn was when I had to turn inward and I had to work on me and I had to get meaning out of those moments. One step, one day, rise, fall, push off, push up again. So today I find myself with new challenges, but it's different now. They're challenges that are actually positive. They're willing to stretch me. And, and it's, it's not situations that i got to fight out of. And don't get me wrong, there's still things that I have to work through. But now I can afford to, to take more calculated risks. Because I don't have to... I, don't have to I, I, don't, I, I can begin to live life. And I don't have to worry about fighting just to exist and you know what if I had to go over and go through it all over again I wouldn't change a damn thing I wouldn't because it's in those moments that I discovered and you'll discover meaning and when you find meaning that's when you find your purpose I'll see you next time on The Sales Life